Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie, and today, well I guess it's sort of a different kind of podcast. Um, as you know, uh, we didn't have a podcast last week. Um, we got busy and never did actually make it out to the recording studio to record a podcast, and as the week went on, um, we got to talking, and Jessica and I have kind of decided that the podcast is going to be more my lane, and that she's really going to deal more with just making sure the house and everything else is kind of in order, um, the stress levels are kind of high and unbalanced at the moment, so what the podcast is going to be going forward is basically just me. Um, We'll still talk about the same sort of topics, you know, homesteading, preparedness, um, sustainability, stuff like that. Um, But it'll be mainly me that you hear. My wife may be on here every once in a while, but not all the time. Um, But... Don't worry, the topics will still be relatively interesting. You just won't have the banter. You'll just have me talking like I'm talking to myself. Um, but what I had in mind for the last episode was talking about workshop essentials. Or, um, what was the other thing I was going to call it? I don't even know now. Is either workshop essentials or handyman essentials. And and the idea came from the fact that if you're working on a homestead, there is a very high possibility that you're going to be repairing things of your own accord. And that also leads into why this might be called... Um, Repairedness episode number two, right? I'm not trying to steal from Tim Cook by calling this repairedness, but it is in the mindset of you want to be prepared to repair. And he coined the phrase repairedness, and so I use it in order to to kind of give homage to him and his podcast, which is the Workshop Podcast, and because it is a very good word to get the point across, repairedness. Right, you want to be ready to prepare what you need to prepare. You need to be prepared to repair what you need to repair. Right. So, and I think about this stuff because I'm a weirdo and I like to think about different. All right, you you've heard the episode about Ballastol where I talk about all the good things that Ballastol does, but even though it is the best of all the the lubricating oils. I still want to look and see what else there is, right? You know, there's the, the Ultra Lube that exists that's made out of corn. There's the the Gibbs that can apparently do everything except not heal wounds. And but anyway, I've tried all of these things. And in trying them, I'm kind of figuring out the things that fit well in homesteads that do good purposes or, you know, that, that fit and do well with certain jobs that you may want to have on hand. 
Um, and this isn't going to be like a top 10 episode like we've done in the past. This is really just going to be me talking about things that I use on the homestead on a regular basis that you may want to look into as well. Because maybe it will work for you, maybe it won't. I mean, you never know until you try, but coming from somebody that's tried it before and has had a good luck with it, you know, you're coming from a good place. And this will run the gamut. It won't be just um, lubricating sprays. It won't just be glues. Um, I got a couple other things in there that are kind of, kind of, it'll be workshop slash handyman stuff that you'll see across the board. So, um, since it's not a top 10, nothing is in order. There is no better than worse. This is just some of the things that I use most. And of course, the first of it's going to be Ballastol because it accomplishes as much as it does. If you want to know a complete list of the stuff it can do, you can go listen to our podcast on Ballastol or you can go to the um, Ballastol website, read its uses, or go to ballastol-shop.de and look around. They used to have a good resource for all the things that you could use it for, the medical history. Um, there is a, a book that they published called The Ballastol Story, and it had historical notes about people using it for wounds and all sorts of other things that you wouldn't normally use a spray for. But that's what it was meant for. It was meant for leather, it was meant for wood, it was meant for metal, and it was meant for wounds. Um, so, of course, it, it it has the top priority because it, it has so many good uses to it. Um, next thing would be something like J.B. Weld. So, there's the old axiom about, you know, if it moves and it's not supposed to, you use duct tape on it. If it doesn't move and it's supposed to, you use WD-40 on it. Well, on a homestead, at least my homestead, if it doesn't move and it should, you use Ballastol. And if it moves and it shouldn't, you use JB Weld. Because, I'll say this, I've used JB Weld for nearly what, 18 years? Since I was 12 years old, I've used JB Weld, and either it's uh, the JB Quick or the JB Original, and it has served me well for everything that I've used it in. Um, I will say that the JB Quick doesn't work as well in high temperature situations because it's not meant to. It's meant to be a quick solution to get you through. It's not meant to be a more permanent solution. The JB Weld Original it's a relatively permanent solution. I only know this because I built a steam engine when I was like 15 years old. And all of the copper and brass fittings, I originally used the original JB Weld on. When I rebuilt it, I used JB Quick. And they didn't last as long as I had hoped. So there's real world experience in saying that one is better than the other, but they're both good products. And... Anything from the JB Weld line is relatively good. I mean, I use the JB Weld Clear Epoxy, and it does good too. Um, 
I use it for sealing. Like I made a, a chicken coop. I made a chicken feeder to put in the coop. And I used the JB Clear to, to kind of bond the PVC pipes into the high-density polyethylene bucket that I was using. And it worked fantastically. Um, I haven't had any issues with it. Now, one of the other things... Now, th this is going to be a quick one right here. Um, dielectric grease. If you have connections that you're trying to make in either your car or some sort of equipment that you've got, a little bit of dielectric grease can go a long way. You know, maybe spray it out with some brake clean and then put some dielectric grease in there and plug it back up. It'll make a world of difference in, you know, keeping the contacts clean, keeping the contacts lubricated, preventing corrosion. It, it's fantastic stuff. Then you got Flitz Polish. And this is one that I've been intending on making an episode about that because it's... All right. So to be honest, if I was to have two products that I only used, that I carried with me all the time, because you know I'm all about the universal accessory kits, Ballastol and Flitz Polish, those are two of the things that I would make sure were in everything that I carry. And in fact, I do. I've got it in every kit that I've got. I've always got some flits and I've always got some ballastol on me in one form or another. And the, the flits, it's an aluminum oxide paste that can restore metal, it can restore old paint, it can restore plexiglass, it can, I mean, if you're in a pinch, you're driving down the highway and you realize your headlights aren't bright enough, you could take a small sachet of this flits polish and polish your headlights out on the side of the road and get them bright enough, clean enough, to go down the road and not have an issue seeing through them. Um, it, I mean, it's that good. It's technically non-abrasive because it's aluminum oxide and it's not as abrasive as um, a lot of the other polishing substances you have. But the chemicals that exist in this thing, they take tarnish off of pennies fantastically. They, I mean... Of course, a penny's a penny, but copper tarnish. It removes it like there was no tarnish there before. I've used it on um, steel stuff. I've used it on, I mean, you can even repair CDs with it. it it's, a, it's a fantastic item. It should be on every, in everybody's homestead. And if you want to know more about it, just go look it up. I mean, I'll make an episode about it eventually, but... Flitz is really a fantastic thing to have. Um, now, another one, it's another glue, but it's something that people take for granted, I think. Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue, if you don't know, is a polyurethane glue. So, it's technically the same as what you would find in the, um, the Dow... The spray foam insulation stuff. It's polyurethane. It expands as it dries. But in wood applications, it's fantastic. It, it has so much structural rigidity to it if you do it right. Right? It's got to be clamped. You got to dampen the wood before you apply it. You got to clamp it. You can't use too much. It's a little bit finicky, but it does its job better than 
anything, I think, in that particular range. You can't use superglue to do the same thing that it does. It, I mean, because it expands, it goes into fibers, it holds on to stuff better. Would I mean, I accidentally stepped on my kid's shovel. I broke it in half. The, thankfully, the break was clean enough that I was able to use Gorilla Glue and join it back together smoothly. All I did was take some Gorilla Glue and a little bit of tape. I taped it into place because it's, of course, the handle's round. You can't really hold it in place. So I put some some vertical, I, I put the thing up where the handle's vertical. I put some tape on it to give it some vertical stability. And then I wrapped it real tight with, with tape. And the next morning I got up and the handle has is completely fine. Uh, the kids have taken it. They've been playing with it out in the yard, digging holes with it. They haven't broken it yet. So, I mean, Gorilla Glue does what it's meant to do. Um, the only problem is, is that when it's exposed to air, it does have the tendency to dry out. That's why when you're using the bigger bottle, you may end up with a dry bottle. It, it will dry out completely. And I, I've got a small container in my hand right this minute. And, ooh, it was tight. It didn't want to come out. But, I mean, it the, the material in the box is still pliable. I think the material in the tip is not... I mean, I, I buy the Gorilla Glue Minis for a reason. Never use a whole lot of the stuff when you do use it. And the Minis, I mean, if it stays... If you use the tip and it dries up and then you can use the rest of it and it's still there, then you're good. Oh yeah, it's still good. So, I mean, even if the, the tip's clogged, you can still unscrew the top. And because it, it's, it's not a, a whole fixed system the top actually screws on and then you've got a cover that goes on top of that and but if it's if it's dried up you can still take it apart and use it rather than having a big four ounce bottle that freezes on you and you can't do anything with it but grill it that that's something else that you should have on your homestead um now more toward an automotive slash um you know, mechanical side, StarTron fuel system cleaner or fuel stabilizer, whatever it's called. It's an enzyme fuel treatment, and it helps to stabilize gas for up to two years. And it, it's really meant for ethanol gas that can have, or that can suffer from um, ethanol, what is it called? Basically, the water, the ethanol in your gasoline pulls water from the air and causes it to fall out of suspension. And so you have a layer of ethanol and water and a layer of gasoline. And, of course, water in your carburetor or in your fuel pump and your injectors is not good. Um, but StarTron, what it's meant to do is to kind of break those bonds between the water. It breaks the surface tension with the water and causes it to kind of go back into a, a micro um, sized particle deal and then allows you to use it through your carburetor or your fuel injectors without causing a whole lot of damage to your system. Um, I will say that I, 
I got a bunch of gas from somebody that was moving, and some of it was from 2020, and this was 20, this was like July of 2022, so this is two-year-old gas that's been sitting in a garage, some of it in unsealed gas cans, and I added Startron to it, and I've used every single bit of this gasoline, and I wouldn't have had I not used something as good as Startron, because as you know, sometimes six months, you have a, a gallon of gas in your garage, after six months, it's gone, it's done, um, but Startron's really been a, a good product, and I think it, it kind of should be one of those staples that you have. You don't have to use a lot. I only put a capful in five gallons. I mean, it recommends like an ounce per gallon or something like that, or half an ounce per gallon. But I, I really do just a cap per five gallons and call it done. Um, so uh, another, I keep saying another, and I, I hate that. An, okay. Another item that you should have in your homestead is evaporust, which back in the day, the advertising for this product was so much better back in the day. Now it's just kind of boring, but it's a it's like a non-corrosive um, rust remover, and it works by chelation. So basically, you add it to Anything that's got rust, it chelates with the iron oxide and then leaves your surface completely clean because it pulls the iron oxide off and then you've got basically an iron rich fertilizer because it, it's supposed to be biodegradable. Um, so you're, you're creating an, an iron rich fertilizer for your yard and you're getting off all of the rust from your tools. And the way it was advertised originally, it was supposed to be you can use evaporust and then um, you don't have to apply anything to it for like six months because it has protective quality to it. I don't know if that's still the case, but what I found is that you apply evaporust, you get your items out of it, because I, I did this with a bunch of... Uh, screwdriver bits I used evaporust to get them clean and get all the rust off of them and then I drained them off kind of dried them out and sprayed WD-40 on them and the the WD-40 because it's a, a water displacement and it's got stoddard solvents in it it really helps to to clear that water off and keep it from getting water on it later um, I would use ballastol on it but Ballastol is expensive, and for like just random junk, like screwdriver bits that don't cost a whole bunch, WD-40 is a lot better than Ballastol. And I will say this: if you're going to have something on the on the homestead, Ballastol would be your go-to. Then maybe I would have a WD-40 can, and then maybe three-in-one oil because. 31 and WD-40 cost so much less than Ballastol does, and they do their job. They're not as very, I mean, WD-40 is not a very good lubricant, 31 is not a very good uh, penetrant or protectant, but 
they work good and they do what you would expect them to do when you need them to do it, right? They're not an all-around product like Ballastol is, but they still work. I mean, they don't really make the list, but they are kind of good to have around. I mean, you could say that about Gibbs. Gibbs is another one that kind of, I mentioned it earlier, is supposed to do a lot. It does do a lot. It's still good. Um, Kimball Midwest, it's a, a Torque CB is what the product is from Kimball Midwest. And it's a penetrant like PB Blaster, but it works so much better than PB Blaster. It's also a good thing to have on hand. You may not have as many applications for it. And that's kind of what this, this whole list is about is, you know, products that have a wide range of applications so that you're not just like doubling up on everything. But, I mean, I've tried these things, so I'm kind of letting you know. Gibbs works good for what it does. It's a lubricant, penetrant, protectant. And then Torque CB, it's really just a penetrant, but it works much better than PB Blaster. So if you were to buy one, you know, for your money, the Kimball Midwest stuff works a whole lot better than the PB Blaster. You're not going to use the whole can, and the can seems to be much more robust and has a better propellant in it than the, the PB Blaster does. Um... What else? I mean, seafoam, yeah, you could look at seafoam as being something that you could add to engines. But if you're taking care of your engines, the Startron should be all that you need. Seafoam really is only meant for carbureted engines. It doesn't work as well in, in like fuel injectors. It, it, it's a good product, but... Only if you're using it in your lawnmower, really. Um, Marvel Mystery Oil the same kind of way. I mean, you can add it to your car if you want to. It doesn't really do as much as it used to do just because the technology has gotten so advanced. Um, another one, so this, this is one that's not really... I mean, you wouldn't expect it to be something to use out in the workshop. But... What is it called? Uh, Simple Green Cleaner is a fantastic cleaner. And it works really well on like really soiled, greasy stuff. I mean, I used it to clean a whole bunch of shop rags I had. I use it in my ultrasonic cleaner. It, it really does a good job cleaning. And it's got a nice, pleasant, like, sassafras smell to it. Um... And you can buy it from buy the gallon at Walmart for a whole lot less than you can buy it at like Home Depot or anything like that. And it's concentrated; it goes a long way. We buy it and use it in the house. Um, I, I steal some and then bring it out to the the workshop to use every once in a while because it it really does a good job cleaning. I mean, we use it to clean my father-in-law's fountain. We'll go down, shut the water off, spray some simple green on it, and take the scrubber to it. Takes it all off. Takes all the algae and all that mess off. So it, it really does work well. Um, so this isn't really a... Something that everybody has to have. But 
if you're looking for stuff that may do actually before I go into this let's talk about Leech F26 construction adhesive Leech F26 is a really good construction adhesive and if you're used to using liquid nails give F26 a try you can get it at Lowe's, you can get it online they even make a one ounce um, tube of it, which I eventually want to get, but of course I haven't gotten it yet. Um, but it it works really well. It holds stuff real tight and real good. Um, so, I mean, if you've got construction applications where you need a construction adhesive, the, the F26 stuff works fantastically. And speaking of liquid nails, um, Something in that same vein is Loctite. The, the red Loctite. I actually don't have any. I, and I haven't bought any. I've been meaning to get some. But a, a Loctite of a sort. And... <laughs> I say the Loctite red because... Um, Wrangler Star was talking about how... All Loctites are the same. All the same uh, thread... Adhesives are the same, and Loctite sent him a whole package of the Loctite Red because they're like, no, ours is the best in the market. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. I, I know that um, Project Farm has actually uh, gone in and tested a bunch of the different Loctites, and I don't remember who came out on top. I don't remember if it actually was Loctite Red or not. But they are a good option if you're looking to, to get a bolt to stay you know, if you're tightening, you're putting a lawnmower back together and you've got some bolts that you need to, to stay in their position, that Loctite Red should work just as good as anything else, if not better. Um, but, like I said, it's not anything that I personally use. It's just something that I know anecdotally. Uh, is that everything? Mm, maybe. Um, what I was going to mention was like the double bubble epoxies. So let's say that you don't really like JB Weld or you don't like the fact that it comes in tubes, you don't have a good you know, measuring system for it, um, even though they do come in a syringe now, so that it, it'll basically mix it as it comes out. But the double bubble brand um, epoxies, you can get like anti-sag epoxy, you can get underwater epoxy. They make it in so many different varieties. And they also have a silicone version. And silicone is something that I don't normally use on anything, but it's kind of become um, more of a more of a necessity. But you know, having a sealant that you can use once and I mean, yeah, you can go buy a big tube of it, but how many people use the whole tube? And then the rest of us that don't use it, we, we try to preserve it. And all it does is cure inside the nozzle, and then you end up with a, a wad of silicone that you can't actually use. And it makes a mess because then you're trying to cut the bottom of the, the tube off and use it. It just, it's not worth it. But Double Bubble does make an a silicone 
in the same form factor that they make the epoxies. And it's a it's a job sized package. So what that really means is like a, a one inch by two inch pouch of silicone, which in most applications, if you're working on a sink drain, if you're working on let's say a chicken waterer, um, and you're trying to create a little bit of a seal around your connections, that should be plenty to get you through. And then you don't have to worry about trying to reseal it and keep it from drying out. Um, that does bring to mind a couple more things. Um, in the same kind of sealing mindset, the, um, the T plus two pipe thread sealant works really well on most um, pipe applications, especially in threaded situations. Um, I mean, I know we've all used Teflon tape and had that one that one connection that you put Teflon tape on, and you tighten it up, and it still leaks. The, um, the T plus 2 really does a good job of sealing up those types of connections. That just, Teflon tape just doesn't work for some reason. Um, it's basic, all it is is really it's a pipe dope with Teflon in it and it serves the same function but it's, a, it's like a cream and you add it on there and it works really well I've seen um, when I was doing tile we had, a, we had a shower that we were working on and the faucet was not um, sealing off well and so we came back and added some of that that T plus two to it, and it, in a matter of seconds, it was completely non-dripping. So, I mean, it works, it does a good job there too. And then, um, back to the Gorilla Glue thing, remember I was talking about using tape. So what I was using when I did it was um, T-Rex tape. And maybe it's just the marketing, but from what I see and from what I've used, T-Rex tape ends up being a really good tape for all weather application. Um, because I, I used it on that that shovel that I repaired, and you use it in its long form. You know, if you take tape off the roll, you've got the short form that you can tear through, and then you've got the long form that's got a lot of rigidity to it. If you if you have a expansion type situation where you're trying to hold two things together, if you use it in the long form, it maintains that rigidity, and then you can use the um, use it in the longer short form to to kind of hold that in place. And that's what I found with um, T-Rex tape is that it works very very good in most applications, especially if you know how to use it correctly. Um, because, I mean, most, if, if you try to hold something in with duct tape, where you're putting a lot of stress on that short width of the tape, you're going to tear through that material very easily. But if you, if you use it the other direction, where the force is pulling along the full length of the tape, you're going to have a much better adhesion, you're going to have a much better um, support, and it may work better for you overall in that particular application. Another tape that you may consider having 
is, um, well, it goes by several different names. You can buy it as F4 tape, you can buy it as self-fusing silicone tape, or you can buy it as rescue tape. And basically, it is all self-fusing silicone tape. And mainly, this is for, let's say you're driving down the road and you get a radiator hose leak, and you need to get home, but you're, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. You pull out six inches of the stuff, you can wrap it around the radiator hose. It'll hold enough pressure to get you to the house without your radiator completely running out of fluid, and you'll be good. Maybe you have a fuel leak on a boat and you're trying to get back to the dock. The self-sealing, self-adhesive silicone tape will allow you to wrap the fuel line that's leaking and get you to the dock. You can use it for making emergency um, O-rings. There's many different applications for it, but it's a fantastic thing. I used it the other day as a clamp for um, a chair. My son broke one of our chairs in the house, and I used some wood glue and that silicone tape. And the silicone tape was my clamp because, of course, he had to break the middle spindle on the, the leg. So it's not anything that I can really put a clamp on and hold it down tight. Um, because it's round, it's clamps slide off. So I used that silicone tape and held it in place. And uh, it does a real good job of doing that, too. Uh, I think there was one more thing I was going to mention. But... I mean, there, there's all sorts of different things on a homestead that you, you find that work good for what you've got. I mean, of course, don't take this as a list of things that you have to get, but this is just a list of stuff that I've used and that i found works very well for what it does and that, you know, accomplishes the task on my property. Um, yes, I'm a fanboy in some respects when it comes to, like, Ballastol and J.B. Will. But that's only because I've used them for so long and a lot of the alternatives are not easily accessible here in the, you know, where I'm at. I mean, there's a product called P7 that works the same as JB Weld. It's not a liquid, it's more of a paste. It does the same thing. Is it better or worse? I mean, who can really tell unless you do like extensive tests on it? Um, but epoxy is epoxy. It works the same way. You know, lubricating oils work the same way. Things that clean and stabilize your gas usually work the same way. Usually. I wouldn't recommend stable. Most people go and buy stable. I wouldn't recommend it. You can't tell if your gas is bad because it stains it with that red dye. And the Startron just seems to work better for me. But, I mean... You do you. You get the stuff that you know that you you know that works well. Um, but these are these are the things that I know that work well for me. Um, I know there's some things that I probably left off. That I mean, they're not they're not high up on my list of you know, most important things to use because they're just I mean. We could talk about soaps and all sorts of stuff like that, but I don't think there's really any reason to. This is more workshop slash handyman related. Um, oh, 
<laughs> I'm glad I mentioned that. Because there is one last thing that it kind of runs the gamut. And it's Goop Hand Cleaner. Um, Goop Hand Cleaner is really good at what it does. Um, I know most of you have probably heard of Gojo. Um, Goop was actually a little bit earlier than that. And the, the funny thing is, is that the guy that invented it um, was... A, he invented it kind of as a like a secondary line to his... Um, Let's see, what did you call it? He ran a line that would produce small packages for other companies. So, like, mustard and ketchup and stuff like that. He'd, he'd make the single-use um, versions of all the different products. And he developed Goop as kind of like a secondary type of thing. And his business partner actually bought the Goop formula from him and then quit doing business from him because he, he didn't see that model of um, work of packaging unit dose stuff as being something that was sustainable, especially when he had to get product like he did. So he actually went and started another company making Goop exclusively. And then I think eventually ended up buying out his ex-partner's business and... Uh, the, the the story is is that the guy that invented Goop would still buy it because he knew that it worked as good as it did and it was easier to buy it than it was to make it at home. So th their old phrase was it removes almost anything from almost everything. And I mean it works on you know stoves, it works on hands getting grease and grime off of either one of those surfaces. It works on clothes. It it really does have a multi-purpose and multi-function um, thing. <laughs> it's really multi-purpose and multi-application. And it's relatively cheap. You can buy it at Harper Freight. You can get a whole uh, like big gallon of it or what is it? Four or five pounds of it for $14, or you use that 20% coupon and get it for less. Um, but that's another one. My dad has always used that. Um, so I knew about it before I first started the homestead. And it's it's been something that I've made sure that I've got in some quantity somewhere on the place. Because when you've got dirty hands, it works good. And, I mean, it... You can get the Gojo stuff that's got the pumice in it. You can get the, the goop that's got pumice in it. But I just use the plain goop that has no pumice in it. And it takes all the grease off of your hands, no problem. And it's, it, it takes care of all those really dark yellow stains that you get in your clothes from working outside and working in the garage all day long. So, I mean, it, it does a whole lot for what it is. And it's not very expensive. Um... But yeah, I think I think that's the rest of it. Like I said, there's probably some stuff that I've used that just doesn't really stand out as being something that's fantastic. There's probably some stuff that I've not used yet that I've thought about that, I mean, when you've used as much stuff as I have, it's really worth trying the, the other ones to see if they work as good. Maybe, maybe for me, yeah, because it's just kind of a fun hobby to get something new and try it and see if it 
outbeats the thing that you've got. And if there's stuff that you've used um, or that you do use that you think is better or, you know, can add to, you know, production on a homestead, making things easier to deal with, you know, let us know. You know, make a comment, uh, review. Podcast, you can't really do comments. But you can you can review it and add notes in that. Um or you can go to the website and then leave us a note there. Um, I know we haven't been putting our podcasts on the website recently. Um, we're going to get back into doing that. But you can always comment on the blog posts that we post our, our podcasts to. And uh, give us some feedback on what you think is good or bad or indifferent with stuff that you use in the homestead. Um, but anyway... That's just been a little bit of ramble from my end on all the cool things that I found and all the stuff that really works well for us. Um, if you do like us and you want to support us in what we do, um, remember that we do have a Buy Me a Coffee on our webpage at colesonthecoast.com and you can also go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash colesonthecoast and you can donate a coffee, which is $5, or you can actually specify how many coffees that you want, or go to our wish list and just donate a specific amount that you want to donate. Um, you can also call Charlie Small Engines. Um, that's a little small engine company that I'm trying to start and run. And basically, we're a mobile small engine repair company. We'll go out and diagnose your equipment and repair it on site. It may take us, you know, a couple of visits to diagnose and then also repair. But the whole idea is that we keep you from having to bring to rent a trailer or carry your mower and then bring it back. All that mess. We'll just come to you, diagnose it, come back and repair it. Um, you can also support us by calling Jessica and inquiring about violin, viola, cello, or piano lessons. Um, she's trying to build her business in that aspect, and that's kind of the reason why she's kind of stepped back from doing this, because she wants to be, have more time building that and, and making that something more sustainable and more productive. Um, but you can always call her if you're interested. I mean, she'll even do Zoom calls with you to teach you violin. Um, she did it during COVID. It, it's it's proven that it does actually work. Um, so don't be scared if you live across the country and you want to learn violin. You know you can at least give her a, a send us a message and request a meeting with her and get get an idea of whether or not violin or piano or cello or viola or any of that will be even um, worth your while or fit what it is that you're trying to learn. Um, if you do have custom um, sign or 3D printing work that you need done, you can also um, contact us. I've got a 3D printer um, and a laser engraver that I'm trying to, to do more with. And if there's certain things that you want printed that maybe you have got a design but you don't have a 3D printer that you need printed, you know, we can print it for a small fee. Um, of course, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to require design fees or anything like that, but 
you know, just the cost of materials mainly in shipping. And then laser engraving signs. Um, if you've got a custom ornament that you want to get for a loved one, you know, reach out. Um, we can probably produce that for you. Um, of course, if there's a design that we need to kind of come up with, there'll be a fee for that. But for the, re for the most of it, it's mainly just the time of setting up and the, the cost of materials um, plus a little bit of markup. Um, I mean, we, we can do signs. We, we've done signs in the past. Um, they, they turn out really well. Um, we can also do painted metal. Um, we can paint your sign if you want us to. Um, we can paint the base and then whatever we etch out, we can actually take and kind of clean that up and then paint that as well so that you've got a good contrast. Um, but if you want any of that, um, you can always contact us at colesonthecoast.com. Just go to the, the contact um, tab at the top of the page and send us an email and ask us about it. Other than that, I think that kind of concludes this whole episode. Like I said, if there's something that you've used that you find works super good or something that you've used especially if it's something that's on my list that you've used and it doesn't work for you at all, feel free to comment on the website or even leave us a review. I mean, of course, if you leave us a review, make sure it's five stars. <laughs> but, you know, any discourse that you might have that you want to share with us, go ahead and share it so that we can kind of have, you know, build a community here and kind of get things going on the right foot. Um, but anyway... This has been Charlie. I mean, <laughs> this is me. I kind of get in the rambling moods. But I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you have a good rest of the week. And uh, I hope you keep listening to us. And this has been Coles on the Coast. I appreciate y'all. Goodbye.